morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Wednesday, August 11th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. taking a short break from our normal program to bring you a special look at the book of James. This is a separate podcast that our youth director Ann Dillon wrote and produced alongside Tara and myself. We'll be looking at each chapter of the book of James and we'll be putting out two episodes a week. This was originally recorded for our youth but we figured there's something in it for everyone. We hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, we'll be back with our normal program on August 16th. Welcome back, everyone, to our sixth and final episode of Hearing and Doing, Discovering the Action of Faith. My name is Andalyn Laughlin. I'm Brett Goodman. And we are here once a week to read a chapter of the book of James and discuss how its message can affect the journey of young people as they put their faith into action. So today we will be looking and diving into chapter five of the book of James. Um, But before we get started, Brett, will you open us in prayer? Yes. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray that we would have hearts and minds that would wait on you, that in a culture of give it to me now, that we would have the patience to wait on you, that we would have the hope and the trust that you are a God who gives us what we need in the right time. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. So for our final scripture selection, uh, today we'll be reading from James chapter 5, and we'll be reading verse 7 and 8 and 13 through 20. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from this truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. And Dylan, what on this initial reading of the scripture really stands out to you? Well, I think it's interesting kind of wrapping up this book that's that's so informative and it teaches us so much. I think that it's interesting that kind of the final point of this is how important community is and hmm. and how important it is to lift up other people um, as that just being a critical part of putting our action uh, putting our faith into action and it seems so obvious but sometimes it can just be so so difficult and it can be something that we forget to do so I thought that was really really interesting and and it just seems so straightforward you know if you're happy sing songs of praise if you're sick 
have someone pray for you. But that's always so difficult sometimes to to lean on people, even though we know that they're there for us. So I thought that that was a really beautiful way of kind of summarizing this whole chapter. It's a great point. It's a great point of, you know, um, faith in action. The, the point of the, the title of the podcast, what we've, what we've identified as a theme of this book can't doesn't happen all by yourself Mm -hmm. it can't help but happen with happen within the wider community of faith and the wider community of the world and your school and and wherever you're at yeah absolutely and i think that that it's really interesting how it pairs the importance of patience and the virtue of that with asking the lord for the things that that you need and and ask asking for other people to pray for that too and and having the courage to ask someone for that but also having that virtue of patience to actually wait for the Lord's timing in what you need. So I thought that was a really beautiful way of kind of bringing together the things that we've talked about in the previous chapters of the ways that we speak to people and the ways that, you know, we we approach our life as the main character and all these things that we've talked about throughout the chapters. But what areas of life come to mind um, when you think of times that are difficult to be patient through, Um, whether it's, you know, a part of a family relationship or relationship with friends or a transformative time of your life with age or grade or or anything to do with that i think the most difficult times to be patient is when there is no end date for Mm -hmm. the end of it um i had a a mentor talking to a a couple me and and a couple friends and um one of my friends suffered uh, deeply from de- depression and he's saying you know it's it's almost better to be in prison than it is to have depression because in prison you have uh, an end date you have a release date whereas depression you know uh, it may never go away it may only lessen um, and, but it will get better in some way but you have no idea it could be in tw- 10 years yeah uh, and so but it could be you know in the next couple of weeks and so uh that's for me the most difficult times to be patient is it's like if i have an end date to look forward to i can be patient mm-hmm. until then but if it's just patience for patience sake good god i'm awful at that <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i think that's absolutely so relatable for people of all ages and i think that especially when you're growing up and you're a teenager everything feels like the absolute world depends on it. Everything mm. feels so permanent. And and I think that when we feel happiness in a moment, it's the happiest you've ever felt in your life. And when you feel down, it's the darkest. It's it's your first experience really with feeling with feeling that that darkness and I think that that's something like you said that's really difficult to be patient with and you know, if you're having trouble, if you don't want to go to class one day, you know, you know that class will end in an hour and, and you can move on to the next one. But if you're struggling in, in a part of your life emotionally or in prayer, and it, it can feel so all-consuming. And so I, I think that that is difficult. But it is something that's relatable because we have all been to the, in the pit, but we've all also experienced being out of it. And mm-hmm. I think that having that wisdom and that maturity of experiencing the highs and the lows, it's easier to remind yourself of that that it does get better Um, but it's so hard when you're having those first initial encounters with those very difficult feelings to to wrap your mind around Um, it's i think that's where it's super important to what you hit on at the very beginning 
of this of talking about this scripture of I mean it's at least for me it's hopeful it's sometimes frustrating but most of the time hopeful to hear uh, stories of how people have struggled uh, and are doing well mm-hmm. right um, because it gives you hope for recovery or hope for um, whatever you need mm-hmm. and so that requires for the person who is struggling at the moment a humility to acknowledge that my struggle is independent it is uh it's specific to me but also you know the struggles of um of other people are similar Mm -hmm. uh and so i can learn something from them uh and that takes that takes such an incredible amount of humility that (laughs) i have not had in my life when i need it the most yeah No, absolutely. I, I remember one of my best friends, she went off to college a year before I did, and I remember her coming home for the first time since leaving, and she's such a social person, has so many friends, and I just love her to death, and I remember being like, oh my gosh, tell me everything, is it the most amazing time of your life, like are you meeting so many people, and I remember her telling me like, she was really happy then, and I remember her telling me, but don't be scared when you're so lonely at the beginning. She's like, because I've never been more lonely in my life. I've never been surrounded by so many people, but I've never been more lonely. And I remember thinking like, that is the most bizarre thing. Why did she feel like she, they needed to tell me that? Like, that was so random. Like, we have a very like, just happy relationship. Like, she's just yeah. so positive. And I was like, and I was also just so confused. I was like, lonely? You you go to an enormous college. You have so many friends, like so popular. and. I exactly a year later I went to school and I had never felt so lonely in my entire life and I remember praying about it and being like Lord I just don't know if this is going to work like I just I've never felt like this before and I remember that moment that random encounter that I just in a moment had spoken to her about and I remember feeling so humbled but so comforted in that knowing that she had felt that exact same way hmm. and I remember at the time not really thinking much of that interaction but it, it meant everything to me when I was at that like low point of hmm. my life so I, I think that that's really interesting and it took so much vulnerability for her to share that with me yeah. that now it's something when I had a friend that was going through a similar thing the year after me it was something that I was able to share with them in a more vulnerable way that that, that was a feeling that I had felt too so I thought that was really interesting um but how do you feel like praying for a friend in those times? Or even if you just, even if you know someone's struggling with something, or even if you don't, how do you think that that um, prayer can help strengthen your relationships? You know, I admit, you know, as a pastor, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I know that there have been times in my life when I've said that, you know, I'm going to pray for you or something <laughs> like that, and I haven't. Mm. Um, uh, and so I've tried to start just you know as soon as I'm done with that conversation saying a prayer immediately for them mm-hmm. so I I get it in <laughs> yeah. but I think that there is uh, I think that prayer changes us immensely mm-hmm. uh, and I think that we experience that in a lot of different ways I think that when um, you do like yoga for the first time you have this mindfulness and it really moves you uh, because you are taking time to reflect and connect with something beyond yourself and so when you tell someone or a friend that you 
are praying for them or when you enter into that uh, liminal, that divine space together, uh, it's really, um, it's embarrassing. It can be embarrassing in some ways (laughs) because it's so vulnerable. Uh, But like most times you go through an embarrassing situation with someone or vulnerable situation with someone, you come out on the other end in this deeper connection. And I think that happens with God. I think that happens with others. But it requires, you know, I hate being embarrassed. I hate, <laughs> Me too. I hate more than anything. Yeah, oh, yeah. I hate that feeling. Um, but it, it results in in growth, and it re- results in something that changes within me. So being willing to enter into that, I think, is super important. Yeah, and I think it's taking those first initial steps are the most difficult. Because yeah. once, you've, once you've shared with one person or shared one part of your life with someone, it becomes so much easier because you get in them more comfortable with the habit. Um, and, and that's really interesting about prayer. It, I, I remember hearing that Princess Diana, when she would go to an event, she would write a thank you note immediately at the event. She would go in the bathroom and like write a thank you note at the event to all the people that had served her or, or invited her. And that was just her habit, like the, so that she wouldn't forget anyone's name or wouldn't forget anyone. And and I, I, I think about that a lot because I'm like, that's such a an important thing growing up. You learn you're developing habits and you're developing you know, who you're going to be and you're developing your own individuality. And and I think that that habitual learning is really important Um, and making it a habit to be intentional about praying for the people around you, even if you don't know that they're struggling or even if you have a sense that they are, um, because sometimes it's not as easy to approach that directly, but there's always something that you can do in in thinking about them and um, praying for them. And, And that intentionality will carry through your life and and it will mean so much to people because when you take time out of your life, like that's such a rarity in today's world to to have that intentionality and that and that care because we're all so focused on what we're going through mm-hmm. um, that that it really does create like an intimacy with that person of of a deeper level of understanding between the two of you and a deeper level of trust, which is hard to find too. Um, and sometimes you're going to share with someone, and and it that trust may be broken. That trust. It may not go the way that you had hoped, but getting over, having those experiences will better equip you for trusting other people in the future because we're all human and it's getting over that initial fear um, of, like you said, being embarrassed or, or having to face, you know, that you're, in, that you're confiding in other humans as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but just our last question, you know, how do we faithfully approach those struggles and feel confident leaning on others once we've kind of gone over that hope or once our gone over that hill or, or once our trust has been broken how do we kind of mend that and and feel confident going forward how does that not make us shut down and and close ourselves off to the possibility of of relief on the other side yeah i mean i think there are probably people that you are going to feel more confident with than others mm-hmm. and i think that's right and appropriate yeah um uh but i think for me to, to faithfully approach others in that regard, um, you know, I <laughs> I got a I got a tattoo probably when I was too young, probably <laughs> in a life, probably in a point in my life when I just you know there's some things that I was unsatisfied with and I just needed to do something mm-hmm. stupid, right? But I was wise enough um, to get something that I think is important, and that's I have one on my side and. It's a cross and it has the word beloved on it. And 
I'm not saying go out and get a tattoo, <laughs> but I'm saying the point of that, even though it was maybe done with stupidity in the moment, uh, it reminds me literally every single morning that each person I interact with is a beloved child of God and that I'm a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, maybe that trust is broken, I don't feel like people are living up to their side of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like they're putting the necessary work in. Yeah. Um, and it frustrates me. Um, or they just say something that really ticks me off. Uh, it's incredibly humbling to come back to that capital T truth that they are a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. And so that has to be the starting point for how we see ourselves and how we see others. Um, and then it doesn't make these things, you know, not hard anymore that we run into in life, but I think it tremendously helps. Absolutely. And and going back to what we talked about last episode, when you described, you know, the trees in the forest, mm-hmm. and I think that's, it can be so humbling, but it's also so comforting to know that we're on the same level. We all have the same amount of sin. We Because... We've all fallen. We've all betrayed someone's trust intentionally or or not. And so I think when we realize that, it doesn't make it hurt any less in the moment, but it can help us feel more confident in getting back up and not closing ourselves off to that availability of trust in the future. And so I think allowing ourselves forgiveness for others and forgiveness for ourselves when we inevitably fail, fail ourselves or fail someone else, um, that, that's the purpose of all of this. And that's the purpose of as we grow and as we learn and we make decisions and we're, and as teenagers, when you're entering kind of that first phase of life, it's not like you turn 20 one day and you suddenly have it all figured <laughs> yeah. out. That is not how it works, or 30 or 40 or 50. It's, it's, it's a constant development of pushing those boundaries and, and learning and growing and, and putting your faith into action and taking time where you're not. And I think it's, it's the ebb and flow of that and, and having confidence in ourselves to learn and grow from those and giving that space to other people as well to do the same um but thank you so much brett for joining uh, us for a joy our to final do this. episode um this has been such a pleasure to bring this new medium of youth ministry um to all people of all ages because this chapter is applicable to people of all walks of life of all periods of your faith um and i just hope that you've been encouraged by all of these words and from our discussion and we'll use your life going forward to find new and purposeful ways to put your faith into action. Amen. Amen.